Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. up everybody welcome to another episode of in soccer we trust i'm flying solo tonight and we got a fun show we're going to be talking about recap against uh u.s versus st kitts and nevis obviously probably not a lot to uh negatives to take away from this but we're going to have a good time chatting about it so make sure you get in on the comments make sure you comment make sure you like make sure you subscribe and get in on this conversation uh first things first uh, i wanted to uh, bring us all together here tonight so we could talk a little bit about the starting lineup were we impressed? Did we like it? I do have some thoughts about overall performances. I have some thoughts about things, and we're going to get into all that. But from a starting lineup, before we even kicked off the game, rolls out an hour before. If you were watching the Jamaica game, it came out around, I think, around halftime or something. They were still talking about it. Um, or sometime in the, later in the, maybe later in the second half, they started said, oh, yeah, the, the lineup's out. Um, and I was actually quite surprised. And I'm going to say, just in full transparency between uh, us close friends here, I was a little bit upset with the fact that we went with Busio, who I thought was a two-way uh, midfielder and was going to maybe slow us down in our build-up play. And I was wrong. I thought his movement in his 45 minutes was phenomenal. I thought his link-up play in terms of that interaction between him and the striker, that in this case, Jesus Ferreira, was really good. Uh, in terms of when Herrera, uh, Ferreira checks back, can you fill that space? And when you play in a single striker system, you have to have those late runs and that well-timed run, that bounce, because that forces defenders and midfielders to either have to track you or they stay. And when a striker pulls off the top, you know, do they go with you or do they stay? And that's where you create those types of gaps. And obviously that led to an incredible goal for the U.S. men's national team. Uh, another thing was that we were all hoping for, which was like, okay, keep Freire on the field. I get it because I thought he was solid in the first game against Jamaica. Um, how do we get Vasquez on the field? Didn't have him in that one until later on in the game. But they went with Ferreira, and obviously it paid dividends. And I know a lot of people are going to say, uh, yeah, but, you know, seven of his 11 goals for the national team were against Granada and Satan Kitts and Nevis. But scoring that many goals on the international stage is is a challenge um, and difficult, right? And, and he did well with him. I think he could have had more. And that leads me kind of to my next point, 
Um, and yeah, by the way, Matt Christopher says, Heath, I like watching just you, but why they always leave you hanging? To be fair, this is a unique circumstance that we haven't had uh, for everybody's reference. Chuck Wagon is on vacation right now. He need a little break, if you remember. He was, he was really putting in uh, the shift over the last couple of months um, on the Golasso Network and as well as now most recently in, in the Nations League. So he needed a little bit of a breather. He's also doing um, the radio, radio uh, for, the, for the New England Revolution. So he's got a full plate. So I uh, totally understand him taking a few days off. And then, and then Jimmy is on uh, like a six-week crazy travel trip uh, with his family across Europe and I believe North Africa. So he has uh, been all over the place uh, doing some really incredible things. Uh, and he's joining us whenever he can, but unfortunately games like this fall right into the middle of the night and, uh, I, it just didn't work out for this one. So I'm going to roll solo, but we should have those guys for, for most of the way. Um, but producer Alex, if you could throw back that starting lineup back up on, on, onto the screen again, for everybody's reference, we can chat about that a little bit. Uh, another one that I really liked, uh, tonight. And again, I, I say this all prefaced with the idea that we can't really take anything out of this game. And I'm going to be critical of some things, and we'll get to that stuff. But there's a few that I really liked, and I thought there was solid across the board, right? When I think about Matt Miazga, solid. I thought Jalen Neal showed a lot of potential and upside in terms of his, not in terms of the plays that he made because they were all pretty standard, but just his body language, his comfort. You can just feel there's a physical presence there. And I, I've done some LA Galaxy games this year uh, and and uh, from a broadcast standpoint, and and he's... he's uh, Made a lot of mistakes, to be honest with you, but you can still see the tools that he has. And it's very rare that you get a young teenager that gets a, a long run of games as a center back, right? That's why you just don't see them in a lot of teams around the leagues and around the world. Center backs uh, as teenagers getting, because it's such a crucial position. It takes a lot of time to really learn that, but he's continuing to get minutes and he's getting better with each and every game. And I thought again, tonight he was good, but more so you can see what, how far his ceiling is from where he, where he, where he is now and where he could be. Another one, Brian Reynolds. He was another player that I thought, okay, he showed out in the moments that he that he had. He showed a willingness to go forward. Granted, look, I was a fullback. Uh, you know, I was a left back. Games like this were dream scenarios because you don't have to defend much. And so you get to take your chances and you get to overcommit over and over going forward. And I thought that he did that pretty well. And again, you could see some of the things that we saw from the last Nations League and, and, and beyond like years ago where he was starting to knock on the door of how good he could be. Um, I thought Zendejas was rel relatively unimpactful. I thought he slowed the game down a lot. He had an early dribble early on in the game. He had some good feet and good footwork. But for me, uh, it all came down to that moment towards the end where it was just really selfish and it was an opportunity to put him in. Just minutes later, you saw a different mentality with Roldan to lay that off to Mihailovic and get him the goal. Um, but just I'd like to see him more clinical. And that leads me to Cowell, Zendejas, um, even Mihailovic at times. There was just a casual nature to him, even though he was, I thought he was really good tonight. There was a casual nature of believing we were going to get more chances. And that's tough not to think about when you get into a game like this is to just sort of think like, ah, oh, I don't have to finish this one because we'll get another one and another one. And it just sort of had that energy to him uh, throughout the night at times. I, again, I thought he was really good. But when you get into the bigger games, it might be the only chance you get over 90 minutes and it might be a half chance and it might be, um, you know, from a tough angle and it might be uh, a difficult finish. And I thought at the, uh, with regard to that, Mihailovic, Cowell and Zendejas need to tap into being more impactful with every chance that we get, not just this like half chances or turning things. And like, I'd love to see, again, I'm not saying they could have, but I'd like to see a little bit more of that killer instinct 
against a team like that to say, we're going to score one, we're going to score the next, we're going to score the next, we're going to score the next. And guess what? My passing is going to be sharp. My crossing is going to be sharp. I'm going to finish when I get the big chances. And I'd like to see some of that. Even I even go to Jalen Neal's chance with the header. I go, that's the difference, right? Can you take it to the next level in a game like this and know, okay, we know we're going to win. We know we're going to win by a lot. But can you can we play close to perfection in terms of if the game gives us chances, can we be clinical? If you're a player that's trying to knock on the door, can you prove in a big moment that you're going to rise to the occasion? Yes, we know it's this isn't about winning or losing. It's about running up the score for our ability to get out of the group in first place. But it's also about focusing in on making that big play in that individual moment. I mean that mostly in, a, in, a, in an attacking sense. But really like Mihailovic tonight. Dwan Jones, I thought, was solid. Um, Jesus Ferreira was was great in getting his chances. Could have had more. Uh, Miazga was good. James Sands, solid. Again, the subs that came in, I thought, were 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 solid. So let me know what you guys think about uh, players um, and and who you would start. Were you surprised at this lineup? Did you think it was too attacking, too neutral, too I don't know, just something in that in that time in that sort of window? Did you like it? Did you not? And then um, I thought again. When I look at a game like this, I, I I know you can't go hard for 90 minutes. You can't push and you can't press. And I thought we did a great job of getting that early goal because that changed everything, right? We know that St. Kitts and Nevis, they could, they could have forced us 80 minutes without scoring a goal if they lasted for 10 or if they lasted for 20 and they lasted for 30. Then there's this belief of like, get the next five minutes, get the next five minutes. You start to create when you're an underdog. And I say that because... I don't know what it's like to be St. Kitts and Nevis in terms of their comparison to the U.S., but I know what it was like to play against Brazil or Argentina or or or, or Spain. And you can create those sub goals along the way where you're like, five more minutes, guys, five more minutes, you know, five more. And okay, let's drop in a little bit deeper. Let's stay compact, like clear it long. Let's work together. And like you can make it really, really hard. It's the same way that you play in in training. Sometimes you'll play like eight against four. And you'll be a four-man back line, and you'll just take wave after wave of attack. And you can go 20, 30 minutes um, sometimes if you're disciplined and your movement is good and you're dialed in of not giving up a goal against eight players who are who are trying to outpossess you. So I like that. Um, and, and I'd like to, I'd like to, uh, I, I think it was good that we got that first goal early on because um, that changes the dynamic. And I and I think the US men's national team has struggled a lot at times at getting that first goal quick and giving us that ability to like just exhale and allow us to then say okay not that we're going to like take our foot off the pedal but we no longer have to be perfect in every way to stay in the game or stay at, at zeros and i think that's really really important would you guys change anything going into the next game and by the way we're going to get into more of a recap um of, of this match day uh, uh uh or yeah this match second match day of the gold cup tomorrow uh 11 a.m eastern time uh jimmy conrad's going to jump on he's just in transit i think he went from somewhere to somewhere he went from egypt maybe to to he was sailing he was like on a boat on the nile to uh now he's in greece so i i looked at his instagram it says he's doing greece things in greece so yeah he'll be joining us to have more of a more of a, a recap and i think I, I there's a lot of people by the way that are that are really upset with uh the zendejas um uh, performance I, I i i thought again i like selfish players when the time is right uh, but I, but I, in a, in a moment like this, right, I think about the sharpness of passing. And if the U.S. just sped up the game at a few more crucial moments, we could have gotten the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, the tenth goal, the eleventh goal, the twelfth goal. And I, I mean that honestly. There were times that we got into the box, and this is what I mean about that casual nature of like, oh, we're just keeping the ball. Like we're going to keep getting chances. Oh, there's a little more space than time than I thought. Like I'll take an extra touch. 
if you have that mentality of just play the game the right way and just keep on going, right? And we actually saw this with the U20s um, in their World Cup. They kept a pace to the game, uh, even though they weren't weren't like necessarily perfect across the board, but they kept a pace to the game early uh, throughout tough moments. That was a, a really ad- admirable uh, speed of the game and the way that they approached it in a professionalism towards like making the game, the faster you speed the game up, the more you're making the team, the other team have to make decisions, the sharper you are on the ball, the more that you can control all that. Um, but again, I'd like to see a little bit more of that killer instinct um, from, from the team. Uh, what else should we talk about on this one then? Um, I liked, I liked uh, the fact that we, we were able to pin them back really early. I think that was a really important point. Um, I'd still like to see us a little bit more reactive when we lose the ball again it's a hard thing to do because you know that like you only sort of have to half press and they're going to cough up the ball to you but the responses that our a team had in the nation's league whenever we lost the ball right and that included uh um geo reina and that included other guys who i think struggled to, to 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 commit to that type of response in the counter press and in vulnerable moments to go hey we've lost possession let's swarm all over the ball as fast as we can and get it back quickly. I think tonight was a night that we could have done that a little bit. I don't want to say better, but more committed. Um, and that's from like a collective body language uh, sense. Like every time we lost the ball, can we press for two or three seconds? And uh, Christian M, by the way, says that they should have started Slonina. I agree. Um, but there is, it, it's really hard. I think when you think about hierarchy and what's earned, and who deserves things in a game like this? You know, Sean Johnson, this is his, what, fifth or sixth gold cup. He's knocked on the door for a long time, but has always sort of been outside of, outside of the, um, outside looking in, in terms of, of, of being that guy, but he got himself, uh, um, you know, got him, he, he's kept himself in uh, contention and in a world cup, by the way. Um, and so it sort of makes sense from a hierarchical standpoint to go with that, but I would have loved to have seen uh, Slanina um, get some time uh, as well. Hopefully he does at some point in the tournament. I don't see it happening now in this position, but he's still young. Like he would have been at the U20 World Cup if he wasn't um, in, in uh, or he was at the U20 World Cup. Um, and he could have been called into the national team earlier, but I think he's, his time will come. Um, and so I think it's important. Uh, I think it's important to keep that in perspective. As much as I would love to see like our entire, entire U20 team move into the Gold Cup, I did. Th- I did see some things tonight that I think were important, right? And this is not about. This is about putting on a performance and going on to win the gold cup. But it's also about identifying a few of these players that hopefully you guys did, um, at least tonight and and in the first game against Jamaica, of guys that you're like, okay, there's something there. Like let's keep let's give them more tests. And the difference is, is that when you think about the Nations League, if those guys would have been called in or some guys were called in uh, to both and didn't get any time, that would usually be like, okay, end of the national team time. They go back to their club team. They come back for a double fixture date. But now they could potentially six games to be able to prove that that they're they're going to step to, to the next level. And while I think it's pretty predictable now who's, who, who's in good form in this group, there was also, you know, Gold Cups have passed where players that I don't think were as highly touted, right? When we think about who's in this player pool right now and we say, okay, we know that Mihailovic if it wasn't for an injury, could have been knocking on the door for the World Cup squad or maybe gotten his chances in camps to prove himself and maybe be a late addition to the team as, as an attacking player and you see how good he is. Um, but others you're starting to see maybe show some other things. Vasquez is another one where 
you know, I, I would have loved to have seen him get more minutes. I think he will get that. Uh, I think there will be a time where BJ probably defaults back to maybe a little bit more of a um, experience lineup. Uh, maybe that's not the right way to put it because I think there was a nice little blend between experience and youth. Uh, but I think you're looking at a, a, a Brian Reynolds as a starter moving forward. I think you're looking at a Dewan Jones um, as a starter moving forward within all that. The alternative, obviously, Tolkien, um, also a young player. I think Jalen Neal and 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 uh, Miazga are going to continue just based on on health and, and fitness of the team. And I think they do well together. Um, and so all of that together, I think, is, um, you know, a nice blend of, of things, so to speak. Uh, so hopefully um, we'll be able to keep seeing that. Is there any player that you're upset with that didn't get time as I read through the comments? Yeah, I think Sonora is also one that I think just didn't really seem – It's a, it, it's weird – because we look at everything through a microscope uh, in a game like this because there's so little to take away, right? Nobody's going to play bad. Nobody's having a bad uh, game. They're just um, not as impactful. Or you see something like Zendejas or you see Senora where it just sort of feels like, oh, yeah, not really all that impactful or not really as dominant as you expect them to be in a game like this. And so I don't hold anything against players, but I do think tonight was an opportunity, especially for the attacking players, um, to uh, shine. And so, yeah, I think uh, I think that that's unfortunate for some players uh, that weren't able to really show as much as they could have. Um, and again, there's a comment in here about about Cowell can't dribble; he kicks the ball and runs after it. I agree, but if you saw him drop his shoulder in the first half and and get around a player with that speed and pace, I think it's great. He's got to figure out if I'm not going inside, right? And they're showing me line and I'm a right-footed player. How do I go left? And I played against Gio Dos Santos, who always played on the right-hand side. And the times that I played against him as a left back, what he would do is he would square up his body and run directly at you, right? Leaving basically pathways to go left and right. So instead of going left where he wanted to, so like say a Michael Bradley came over or whoever was on the field at that time came over, and force him to his right, he would keep it on his left and he would do this long drag um, around you to, to his right. And he knew he was good enough to be able to just clip the ball in or cut the ball in with his right foot. Having those tools to be able to do it at speed and be decisive, I don't think Cal had that tonight. But I do see things in his game in terms of just his raw athleticism and what could be an upside if, he's, if he continues to put himself in a challenging environment. That does have upside, upside that makes him a unique player. But listen, guys, we're going to take... A quick break, our first and only break of the show. When I come back, we're going to, I used to saying we, but when I come back, we're going to continue talking about the recap of this game and trying to maybe dig a little deeper and see if there's anything we can actually extract of value. So don't go anywhere. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, welcome back, everybody. You caught me right in the middle of swallowing a drink. I got a new big water jug and I'm trying to stay hydrated out here. It's uh, 9.17 p.m. Pacific time where I live here on the West Coast, so I'm trying to stay hydrated. Um, and sorry for the bloodshot eyes. I've been surfing again, so my eyes are all shot with salt water all day long, so 
we'll keep it moving though. So listen, um, I think we've, we've done all right uh, to cover some early things. Would love everybody's thoughts on defensively. Did we get anything out of, out of our players? I do want to say about Jalen Neal. And, and again, I know I mentioned earlier in the show that, that I've covered him with the LA galaxy this year. So uh, a few games when he's playing and he, and he hasn't always been great, but what I like about his game is that he owns the back line. He's comfortable setting the line, making it his. And you see that in the body language, right? When you see the team move up and I'll put my hands in the screen. If you're watching this, this uh, live where he's saying, let's step our lines or he's saying, let's drop back. And he has that comfort and accountability. The other thing about his game, which we didn't get to, see, we got to see a few flashes of, but he didn't have to do it much is I believe he's best in the league at passing percentage for a center back for anyone over 400 passage passes in terms of passing accuracy. And that's easy to come up with that stat sometimes because I played with center backs where it's like they get the ball and they give it to the person closest to them. And that's exactly what they do. But, um, he's actually a really good passer and comfortable with the ball, driving with the ball at his feet, making good diagonal balls, like comfortable opening up the field. Also finding those penetrating balls again, where I think, um, our next generation of defenders need to be able to go is okay. We've got Jalen Neal. He's what six four, six five. He's a massive presence. He's physical. He's got a good mind on him, but he's also good with his feet. And I think those types of com more complete type of players is going to be really important for us, not just for our national team, but just the depth of our national team of having different types of profiles. Right? We have John Anthony Brooks. But John Anthony Brooks lacks a lot of pace as well. And so you have to play a, a certain type of style. He's so big in the air and he's so good with the ball at his feet. But at the same time, you know, there was times where you heard that beeping sound anytime he had to back up and turn and chase down a ball. He was capable of doing that a lot of times. But I think about the next generation of player that we need and um, and and just how 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 many different tools that that they need to be able to have. And the types of tools that we have within our team, I think is really important. Um Real quickly, by the way, uh, for those that didn't watch the Jamaica game, Jamaica are good. And if you watch the way that they pressed, and granted, I would have loved and then, and I the reason I brought that up earlier about the U.S. in transitional moments, can we pounce on everything in a very authentic and honest way? It's hard to replicate that because you know that if you just sort of half press that you're going to get the ball back from St. Kitts uh, and Nevis. But Jamaica, they pressed really, really well. They had triggers. And we talked about, oh, yeah, they're going to need time. And last time, they didn't really have a system that they could stick to. But now you can see a beautiful system in the way that they are playing um, and the way that they are playing collectively, right? We talked about, oh, it's a new team. And, like, how do you get them together? And now you can see the preparation they had coming into this tournament and and the quality that they obviously have in and around the goal. Six, seven Premier League players within the squad, um, obviously, dangerous uh in 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 uh in every way but you know just more experience on the field but now you're seeing that all come together in a really unique way that when they were pressing and again trinidad are not the trinidad that we once knew they're not the trinidad that knocked the u.s out of the world cup for 2018 they're not the trinidad that i played against and definitely not the trinidad of of the the the, the golden era of trinidad with the dwight yorks of the world um but there's still a team that you have to go out and compete against. And Jamaica ran all over them other than like the first five minutes of the second half where Trinidad were able to get um, a goal uh, and, and it started to get close uh, for a little bit, not close, but like it's it Trinidad came to life, I guess is a better way to put it for, for a very, very brief time. 
But Jamaica in the first half, the, the way that they pressed. And by the way, I mean, some of it was also just a little bit dumb on Trinidad to realize like, hey, we're going to try to play through this press. And by the way, this press is pretty organized and we're, they're winning the ball every time that they press us. We're going to continue to play through that. You do that in a friendly match. You do that when you're trying to develop a certain system or test certain things. But in a tournament format, sometimes you just have to. And we've also had these criticisms of Greg Berhalter along the way of like, why are we doing it this way? I believe it was in the tune-ups, right? Wasn't it Japan and Saudi Arabia where we were like, oh my gosh, we're just trying to force this um, and 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 like make this thing happen in a way that, that was um, not realistic. Like the game was presenting something else and then you have to be able to go to plan B and say, okay, in order to do that, we also need to earn that space underneath if we're going to try to play through things. And you do that by creating space in behind. But instead it was like, oh, you know, center backs wide, fullbacks high and wide, you know, split your double pivots and like try to play through that. Jamaica did a really good job of pressing together and winning the ball back in good spots, drawing fouls in good spots, and then ultimately being able to finish goals. And so I, uh, I hope that all of you take some time um, out of your day or night or week or weekend to watch them play throughout this tournament to see where they're going to be at. Because if, if this Jamaica squad had been together with this group and this much quality in World Cup qualifying, we know that Jamaica ha- was able to to get results against uh, against Mexico. We we knew we saw at times they were good, but other times they just fell apart. Right, U.S. dismantled them uh, at home in Austin, but other times you saw Jamaica that came to life, and it was all about Mikel Antonio. It's too late, him coming in, and blah blah blah. But you saw flashes there at times. You put this group together and what they're working on. I think you could have seen a very tight tight group with Jamaica in the thick of it all because also who would have expected that Panama would have fallen apart the way that they did um, in World Cup qualifying. So a really tight group and obviously they believe um, in their ability now to make this 2026 World Cup. It's a new hope and a new life. Uh, do you, any of you guys, by the way, think that there's there's much of a chance for any other Caribbean nations to be able to get in uh, to this World Cup? I think Jamaica are obviously the favorites. If you remember Curacao from before, they've kind of not been the same um, since then in the last, since the last, uh, gold cup run. Um, and then I think about just all the other Island nations, whether that's, that's your, um, Cuba's or, or, or Puerto Rico's or, you know, I there's, I don't want to, I'm not going to name all of them because I think there's 41 nations in CONCACAF and, uh, large majority of them are, are, are in the Caribbean, but, uh, what will be interesting to see if any of them actually come together. I think the dual national approach is, 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 is having some success. You're even seeing that on St. Kitts and Nevis in terms of players that apply their trade in, in England, um, and some of the lower divisions. And so it'll be interesting to see, uh, who, who's able to come out of that one. Haiti, that's another one. Haiti have always been dangerous. We talked about this the other night of, of having to get that draw against Haiti. I believe if we had lost in 2009 Gold Cup, we would have faced Mexico in the semifinal. May have played out better uh, for us in the end because we ended up being absolutely battered by them for the record. It was 0-0 at halftime. We gave a penalty, started second half, and then it all fell apart from there. It was really hot out there. Um, and I have the excuse that I felt like I had food poisoning that day, but it was ugly. Um, but either way, uh, I want you guys to know that Jamaica is worth, worth watching in this one. And I, and I do think looking at them now, if the U.S. plays them again, it, it could be another struggle at some point along the way. Obviously, whoever wins out in this group is going to be the pathway to separate um, pathways to Mexico to reach a final, um, which is what you want, right? You don't want to face Mexico in a semifinal. Uh, I mean, it'd be nice to knock them out, but you don't necessarily want to. You want that big, big play in the final. And Jamaica have actually, without all these players, been good in the last couple of Gold Cups in terms of uh, in terms of how far they've 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 
reached. But um, yeah, I don't know where else to go from here. I guess we'll we'll start to wrap this thing up. Um, when I think about this group now, uh, I don't know. I don't think we have a graphic or anything like that uh, to to put up for 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 the group play and where we're trying to go. But that puts the U.S. on four points. Jamaica also on four points, and they have uh, they won four one, and so that means they've got a plus three goal difference, and the U.S. now has a plus six goal difference, um, and that's a really important factor. And I think the U.S. probably hard done not to get more. It's obviously hard to score. I think the record we still have is eight, and it's tied. I was in a game against Barbados. That was a qualifier. Um, we we put up eight. And I think there was another eight nil game in the last couple of years as well. So, and that was a complete domination and like, you know, 40 shots and those types of things. And you expect to score more goals. It doesn't always go that way. And the mentality is, can be difficult at times, but it all comes down to that final game against, against Trinidad of being able to put up the numbers at, at least as good, if not better than Jamaica did. And, and then prevent Jamaica or hope that Jamaica doesn't, you know, run up the score in an, in an unreasonable manner against uh against St. Kitts and Nevis um knowing that they've 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 um I think got a, uh, at least one maybe one suspension from the final game but it'll be interesting to see but overall like I said it, I, I think this is a good thing we learned a lot um about some players um uh, mostly positives or indifference uh, a couple again that I think about Senora and I think about Zendejas I think about Cowell just a little bit more of a killer instinct when we're in good spots, knowing when to speed the game up, knowing when to speed slow the game down. I thought the timing of that and then ultimately get into good spots and create that challenge for yourself of I'm going to I'm going to be clinical. I'm going to be ruthless. I'm going to be a killer in all the right ways today that cements myself even in a difficult game like this where everybody's going to look good and everybody wants touches and everybody wants to do uh, or be the star. I think that's a really uh, important part. But hopefully... We'll get a chance to see uh, Vasquez and and Ferreira up top playing off of each other. I did like Mihailovic. I, I in, in there he's got to continue to play. I like Busio in the forty five. I'm not really sure why he was pulled at forty five. Uh, uh, maybe you guys heard differently or 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 something like that. But I thought it was a really good forty five. And also, shout out to St. Louis as 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 life of Bree or Bry um, said. Um, they showed up tonight. It's it's it's. I've been in I've been in plenty of Gold Cup matches where you go into markets and and you don't get the support, um, or you're playing in a massive stadium and it doesn't feel as big. That was a fantastic crowd for a game that they we knew the U.S. was going to r- probably win comfortably in. That can be really exciting because if you're a young kid, you get six goals on the night. But if you're a fan of like good football and you want or 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 you want to see like a really intense atmosphere. And the fact that you put up hard-earned dollars to show up and support the team, uh, knowing that it's not even close to our A team, I have so much respect for that. And people who 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 dedicate themselves to wanting to see the U.S. men's national team uh, do well, uh, I, I think that's an amazing thing. I think that spreads a lot of positivity about this team, and and that's what we need, right? More depth in our player pools, more respect for our players. Um, and less so about this like binary nature that's happening on the internet where it's like either you're a godsend or you're the worst player that's ever played for the U.S. national team. There's a lot of in-between, and that's probably where most of our players fall, including myself when I was a player. Um, and and the more fans that we can have and more markets and more cities, and uh, the, the better that's going to be. So I appreciate 
all of you that are here right now. I appreciate all of you that watch the game. I appreciate all of you that are watching a lot of the games and tuning in and being part of this community. And those that showed up in the stadium, that's pretty sick uh, to put out an atmosphere like that. The group stages in the second game against an island nation who's reached the Gold Cup, I believe, for the first time ever. So that's amazing. As a reminder, Jimmy and I are going to be on here 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. Eastern time live tomorrow. You can always catch that on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but that's going to be it for me. Uh, I'm, I'm, my voice is actually kind of going out. So I think it's probably right around time. And shout out to the uh, Dual Island Nation of St. Kitts and Nevis. I think um, they're that while they didn't get the result that they wanted or anywhere close, they're making strides. And I love what they're doing. Shout out to Atiba Harris and all of that he's doing. Um, look him up on on um, Instagram or or Wikipedia or whatever. Former teammate of mine, former teammate of a number of us, and he's doing a lot of the hard work down there to try to develop that nation and get more funding and get more resources so that they can get better. Um, but that is it, guys. Uh, I do have to say I'll be back tomorrow with Jimmy, 11 a.m. Don't forget to preview the Trinidad and Tobago game. And uh, hit the latest transfer news. We're going to talk about all that with you guys because there's a lot going on right now. And for those that didn't know that I knew that um, Timo Weah was going to get picked up in a Jeep because Juventus are uh, sponsored by Jeep, I'm well aware. It's a joke. Um, and that is it, guys. That's it for me. And, of course, on behalf of myself, uh, Producer Dez, Producer Alex, and and those that can't be with us today, Jimmy Trashcan, Conradinho, Cream Trees, Conradinho, Conrad, and Charlie Chuckwagon Davies. I'm Heath Pierce, and we will see you guys tomorrow.